0: From minimum wage to six-figure incomes, high school diplomas to PhDs, this podcast is about the workers who make up our nation's economy. I'm Allie, and this is Employed.
1: But those moments and um, just constantly having inspiration from other people as far as like new trends and just like things like that make it exciting and worth staying in.
0: Thank you so much, Chelsea, for joining me today and coming onto the podcast. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, Yeah,
1: hi, my name is Chelsea. Um, I'm a hairstylist here in San Antonio. I've been in the beauty industry for seven years. And um, I've been lucky to have some of my work featured on um, the Arctic Fox Instagram. I've also been featured in an article for latest hair trends uh, for a pixie cut I did a few years ago. And then um, during the week of spring break, I actually was messaged by the Express News about a mullet (laughs) I did just recently. Um, so that's been pretty cool and I also used to help um, at our salon do the hair for the silver dancers from from the spurs
0: awesome wow okay so it sounds like in you know the seven years of your career you've accomplished so much that's congratulations that's really exciting what what made you interested in this build
1: Uh, so when I was in high school um, I kind of had a lot of like self-confidence issues. I had this really crazy curly hair that I would get teased for all the time. And, um, one day the softball team sat me down in a chair with, uh, four straighteners and straightened my hair. And I just felt so like nice about myself. And I just kind of wanted to always give people that opportunity to feel beautiful about themselves just by the change of a hair style, I guess. <laughs> and so, um, it, for me, it's a lot of, uh, I'm, I guess, like a people builder. I like to make people feel really good about themselves. And so to have that experience and to be able to carry it into my career field, um, I think was really what got me interested in it for sure.
0: That's really cool. And being able to take sort of your negative experience of being bullied and kind of turning that around and, and making people feel beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. What, what education is required to, to get to this position? So you absolutely
1: have to have a um, high school diploma, for sure. Um, You can have a GED. uh, So to become a licensed stylist in Texas, you currently have to complete a thousand hours of um, like technical training um, at a cosmetology school or at a community college. Uh, I know a lot of community colleges do uh, cosmetology as well. When you go through that, you have to learn a lot about sanitation. And right now that's been with COVID that's been like such the big thing. Um, People are even going into like getting more like sanitation training outside of school hours um, just to like have that licensing to prove to people that they're like taking care and making sure they're not spreading things. Um, But sanitation is really important because we basically wanna keep people from like spreading germs uh, or like, you know, illnesses uh, especially if there's like some kind of open sore on somebody's scalp or um, like some kind of fungus or you know if somebody has lice, things like that um, to keep that from spreading to other people. Also, when you're in school, you basically learn just the basics. So they teach you like basic hair cutting and basic chemical application, hair color, relaxers. Um, we learn those things so that we learn not how to damage them once we get out of school. Um, but when I was in school, uh, we I had to do 1,500 hours. They just recently changed it to 1,000 hours, uh, I think within like the last two years or something. And so at 1,000 hours, you would do a written exam. And then at 1,500 hours, when you graduate, you can take the pra- practical exam. So the written exam is mostly, again, all over sanitation. And then the practical exam is like a demonstrative exam so, you're like in a room with a bunch of other people, and you have like a mannequin and you have like your scissors, and you have to do so. There's like quite a few things you have to do, but you're just showing that you can stay sanitized during the process of those things. Once you do become licensed in Texas, uh, you have to complete every two years four continued hours of education and pay like a fee for your license to like re, uh, renew it. Also, there's specialized licenses for people in the beauty industry. So, like, someone who wants to specifically work on like uh, doing facials and waxing can um, become a licensed esthetician but they can only work on those things and like nail techs can get you know nail certified um, and get a license for that but they can only again work on those things Um, with a cosmetologist license you can do hair skin and nails so it covers everything So like I said, there's specific licenses for specific things. So it all depends on what you want to go into, but you can also get like a dual license. So if you want to be a barber and a cosmetologist, you can do both.
0: That's good to know. And so you said, um, well, it was 1500 hours when you, uh, when you were going through the training, but now it's 1000 hours. How about how long did that take you?
1: Depending on how you enroll in school. Um, they have full-time classes and they have part-time classes. I did full time. So it took me about 10 months, 10, 11 months. they have and while you're in school, you're actually taking people. So like you do some coursework type stuff where you're like getting um, bookwork. but like the ha- the other like that's usually like just the beginning of like when you're first in school. But even my first week of school, I was already learning haircuts. and by the second week of school, I was actually cutting people's hair. So you pretty much jump into it right away. And throughout that time, you're actually, you know, doing color services and haircuts and stuff like that.
0: But you're not earning anything, right?
1: Uh, not really. So the school is like making money off of that, but that's because they have to pay for the products that you're using. So it kind of like balances out. And then also uh, you they can tip, people can tip you so you can like receive your tips at the end of the day, but um, it's not. It's not a lot of money, especially like schools aren't always super busy for people coming in to get their hair done because people, you know, typically want people who are a little bit more experienced. Um, But it's mostly to help you learn how to like promote yourself. So you're like trying to get all your family and friends to come in and, you know, see you so you can have that practice. With the part-time school, they would, people would do that at nighttime, um, typically like from six to 10. And you would get, um, I think it's like about 18 months.
0: And obviously it'll differ state to state.
1: Right. Well, and also um, licensing hours are different state to state, but Texas, California, and I think Florida, maybe New York are like the states that require the most hours.
0: What range of salary can someone typically expect to make at this position and with your numbers of years in the field?
1: So it honestly comes all down to like exposure and where you choose you want to be as far as like um, what type of salon you want to work in. Um, there are people in my industry who haven't even been in as long as I do and they're six-figure stylists. Um, so, and then there's also people who have worked longer than me and they're in chain salons um, like the Smart Styles and Walmart or Fantastic mm-hmm. Sam's and they make about maybe like 24,000 to 30,000 a year. So if you're constantly promoting yourself and like working with a specific color line or product um, that tends to get you a lot of recognition. And also it comes down on how much you charge and where you're located. So again, it really just depends on like the demographics of your area and the median income. Um, I also feel like uh, having a really good clientele and being able to have consistent work, is going to help you do really well. Um, I feel like financially I have grown probably about like 5% every year. Um, so there's definitely growth and you can give yourself that growth by giving yourself a raise every year by, you know, just like, uh, elevating your haircut by like $5 or, Mm -hmm. you know, other prices by $5. So it all just really depends on how, how you want to make your money.
0: Do you pay for the products and supplies you use at the salon? Is there a lot of like out-of-pocket expenses like rent? How, how does all of that work?
1: So there's actually three different ways you can go about this. Um, and just to like break it down so that way you can see how each one goes. Uh, so and this is what I typically recommend for people who are coming fresh out of school. I don't recommend jumping into booth renting um, because there are a lot of overhead costs that come with that. So, um, most people end up out of school in a chain salon, which is not a bad thing um, because you get a lot more experience there. People are paying lower prices, so people are more likely to go there. With that, you typically tend to work hourly. So I think most places like smart Styles and fantastic Sams, like chain salons like those, um, they get like paid about ten to eleven dollars an hour. and then you are also getting your tips. That is one where you don't have to pay for your product because it's already taken into account by what you're getting paid. Um, So that's one side. Um, The other one is being a commissioned hairstylist. So depending on where you work, they will give you a percentage of what you make. And that's what the remaining percentages, like what they keep is what they use towards, you know, the bills that they have as well as the product that they have to pay for. Most places though, if you're working like within the 30% to 40% commission range, they are usually keeping you from having to pay for product. And then there's booth renting, which is what I currently do. You can pay monthly, you can pay yearly, you can pay weekly. Some places require a contract. I'm fortunate enough that the place that I work with, I've been working with these girls for a while. We don't have contracts. We just pay weekly. And what we do is we actually all go in together in our color order, our product order, and we just split the cost six ways. So it doesn't come out to so much for all of us. And then also being a booth renter, you have to pay your own taxes because you're an independent contractor okay. um, where if you're doing commission or uh, if you're doing like a hourly type work, um, you're a W-2 employee.
0: What are your typical work hours before COVID? And do you feel like this field allows for a proper work-life balance?
1: Before COVID, I was a commissioned employee. Um, So I was expected to be at work at certain hours. And um, our salon operated Tuesday through Saturday. So I worked about 38 hours a week, 40 hours a week, just depending. When we came back from the quarantine, I was still doing the same hours, I right now only work four days a week. Like if I don't have work to do, like if no one's scheduled to come in, then I don't have to go in or I can leave early. So I have a lot more flexibility with being independent. Um, But as far as like work life balance uh, in the beginning, it's kind of hard to have that. Uh, just because you want to try to get as many people as you can to start like building your clientele. And so for me as a people pleaser, I was always just like accommodating anyone I could because I was, you're really hungry for that money because if you don't have somebody sitting in your chair, you're not making money. Now that I can make my own hours, I kind of schedule people to fit those hours. And also as a hairstylist, it's very hard to take Saturdays off because that's when most of your clientele can come in there if they're working through the week or whatever. So I rarely have a Saturday off. Uh, if I do want to take a Saturday off or any kind of time off, I usually try to schedule it like two months in advance just so that I can start booking people around that time frame. So it's, again, flexibility is really nice, but it's just definitely something that you grow into versus, like, starting out that way.
0: So it sounds like in a nutshell that you generally work the average number of hours a week, give or take, but the, the days are just a little skewed from the rest of society. So can you walk me through an average day at your job from the time you arrive to the salon to the time you leave? What, what are the pieces of what's happening behind the scenes that us as clients don't often see?
1: so um this is this is fun because I there's a lot that I guess clients don't see um and I never really thought about that uh from the time I walk in uh typically I'm trying to get my stuff set up and prepared for who I'm about to take typically that's like just prepping my station like if I need to clean it because you know people may have used it when I wasn't there um or setting up just like the the tools that i'm going to use on that person once my client arrives i usually get them uh like covered with a cape or like a smock and then we sit and talk about what we're going to do to their hair i usually do a very thorough consultation i ask for pictures because i want to make sure the person that i'm about to do their hair and myself are on the same page as far as like what they're expecting and then also trying to manage their expectations Because a lot of people don't realize like, you can show me this picture, but if your hair is not similar to that or if it's a different texture or you have like years of box dye stuck in your hair and you want to go like super blonde, it's not as easy a transition as people think. So definitely managing expectations is one of the big things. And most of the time you're just really like, I feel like I'm entertaining people. Uh, I just ask them questions and let them like talk about their life. For me, it's typically you're here to like, let loose and just like relax and I'm here to like just help you do that so I try not to make your appointment about me and my life (laughs) from usually after I've finished my day um, I just kind of like make sure everything's put away really nice Uh, since we are independent we are kind of responsible for keeping the salon clean again as an independent stylist when I go home I try to just like uh, do I guess, finances, like to see what I've made for the day Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of write out like what I'm going to owe in taxes for I because I pay monthly to have that all ready for the end of the month.
0: Yeah. What is a really good day that stands out to you?
1: We had a lady come in and she told um, another hairstylist uh, was taking her and she told her, I want to shave my head. And so we kind of like sat there and um, the hairstylist only really spoke Spanish. So she asked me to kind of translate for her. She's like, she's telling me that she wants to shave her head. She's like, she's got really long hair. She's like, can you just make sure that that's what she's wanting before I take the clippers to it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And I said, I just want to make sure you want us to shave your head, right? And she goes, yeah, yeah, I just want to shave it. And I said, okay, um, let's do it. And so I told her, well, that's what she wants. So go ahead and shave her head. So the lady starts crying afterwards and and she tells us that she has cancer and her hair has started to fall out. And so she's, you know, just going ahead and shaving it off. So she doesn't have to deal with the process of watching it all fall out. And um, of course we're sitting there crying and like hugging her. And I wouldn't say she was like really young. She was probably like in her late thirties, but still relatively long young for, you know, but it was just really hard to see. Um, So like that same day, her husband came by and he brought us chocolate covered strawberries and roses and a letter that said, thank you so much. I didn't know she was going to come in and do this by herself. Like I wish she would have told me because I wanted to be there holding her hand. And so I'm like getting emotional (laughs) thinking about it, but that was probably one of the best days because it's situations like that, that make you realize like what, what a difference you can make in somebody's life. So that was a really emotional experience. Um, that was um, probably one of the best days because you, like I said, you really do feel like you make a difference in somebody's life to um, just in little ways when you don't even think you're like you are. So, Mm -hmm. and that's really what makes it worth it being in this field because it is a really tough industry. I will say that, but those moments and um, just constantly having inspiration from other people as far as like new trends and just like things like that make it exciting and worth staying in.
0: I think it speaks a lot to uh, your experience that you had in high school about just having that moment of where you felt beautiful. I think our the people who do our hair can instill the greatest confidence in us and instill those moments where we feel our most beautiful, or um, just kind of turn our perceptions of ourselves around. Uh, and I yeah. think that's that's a really important role. And I, I think your field can often get overlooked as as how validating and um, important that can be. Um, yeah. I don't know. You guys just, you guys have that personality and that, that ability to do that. And that's huge for a lot of people. And that,
1: I think it definitely comes again with time and experience um, because sometimes it's really hard to feel like, okay, maybe I can talk them into doing something different because you just always want to make somebody happy. And then there's also those people who, definitely say they come in like wanting something like drastically different. Yeah. But then immediately they, they hate, hate it. it. And yeah, because they even though they wanted something different, like they really just wanted to stay the same.
0: Well, I, I guess kind of going along with that, I think we can imagine. But what's a bad day at work? And what's a challenge that you find yourself facing a lot?
1: Um, you know, honestly, I don't really feel like there's a lot of bad days at work mostly because it's such an exciting field. Uh, I personally typically tend to have like anxiety about meeting someone new. Um, And I think that's kind of like anybody, honestly, um, just because you just never know what a person's gonna expect. Um, You always wanna make sure that your work is quality. I will say there's been times where I have turned people away, not only because they might expect something that I can't achieve from them, But sometimes there's a personality clash and I don't want to sit there and stress myself out over somebody that we might not get along um, and then, you know, maybe not produce the best results. I know if it takes me longer than 15 minutes to have a good consultation and be on the same page with someone that that we're not going to have like the same outcome. Mm -hmm. So instead of like dealing with that um, and then having to do either a refund or a redo and taking more time out of it i tell them, I don't think I'm the stylist for you. I think you would be better suited with, and if I can recommend them to somebody in the salon, I usually will. Um, if not, then like I tell them I'd, um, other people that I might know who are in the industry. Like any job that you go into, any career, there's always going to be personality clashes with the people that you work with. There are definitely times because it is a female dominated salon mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we fight like sisters typically we'll just like yell at each other and then like the next day we're cool and eating lunch together again.
0: Do you have maybe a weird or an unexpected experience at work? Basically just a fun story? Oh, okay. So there's one that specifically sticks out in my mind. When I first got out of school,
1: I started working with the hairstylist that I work now as an assistant. I'm strictly just like shampooing their clients and like helping them get ready for their next client. While I was there, I would typically. Like if I didn't have stuff to do as far as cleaning and like, you know, keeping people occupied, I would go and just kind of watch the owners do Mm -hmm. their work and try to get as much knowledge and information from them as I can. And my boss was cutting one of her clients hair and he had been coming to her since he was like five years old and he was like in his thirties now. And she was, I, I don't know what exactly happened, but she snipped his earlobe and so he just started bleeding like a stuck pig. And I had to go get like three or four towels because we just couldn't like stop the bleeding, but he comes back. He still comes back and he wasn't like maimed for life. He's not missing like an earlobe. <laughs> she just kind of nipped him in a really good spot that he was just like gushing blood. Oh my so gosh. Definitely. We have some wild clients that come in and they're like maybe drinking or who knows what else that they're doing, but they'll come and they just kind of like sit and sway in the chair and my boss (laughs) has gotten to the point where she'll just like pull him by the hair and tell him like stop moving so (laughs) it's definitely like some fun experiences and like silly things that happen but that's probably my favorite story oh my
0: gosh I'm glad he's okay and I'm glad he's come back then what kind of advice would you give for listeners who are maybe interested in in pursuing a career in the beauty industry
1: I think honestly, the biggest thing, if you want to really be successful in your career is making sure that you continue education outside of what you learned in school and what you're learning just by day-to-day things. Not only does going to like classes and um, like watching YouTube videos or Instagram videos and things like that, like when you feed yourself that new stuff, I feel like it really creates a uh, inspiration for you to like also help you talk to your clients about changing their hair into something different. Because when you give somebody that excitement of something new, I feel like people tend to trust you a little bit more. And so they constantly come back, you know, wanting to stay on top of like, okay, well, what new and exciting thing do you have for me this time? And then also it, It helps you be a better hairstylist as far as like learning new techniques um, and being open to those ideas of like changing your technique. Because I know know for me, when I first started, it used to take me a long time to do things. And again, speed kind of comes with experience and time. Um, But I've learned new techniques that help me basically cut my time in half just by different placement with colors and things like that. So no education is bad education, because, again, if you can recognize that these things aren't like, okay, maybe that's not as polished as I like it or whatever, like you can also take like, let's not maybe do it that way. And then also like just practicing on your own uh, or having people come in and just be like a model for you. And you can also use those people to like promote yourself. Uh, I definitely recommend for anyone in this career field, like if there's something that you're really struggling with, don't avoid it learn it. You're only going to get better from tackling it head on. I think one of the key things is uh, really showcasing your personality as well, because you could also do really terrible work, but people will keep coming back to you because they love you. Like I said, I think personality is really a big thing as far as making someone feel good about themselves and um, just being able to like click on that personal level. There's a lot of cattiness in our industry because it is so female dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, like a level of competition where if you're doing really well, some people just really want to like hate on that. If you have the opportunity to build someone up, another stylist, do it. Be kind, be yourself, um, know when to say no, charge your worth and invest in yourself.
0: A big thank you to Chelsea for donating her time to the show. Follow us on Instagram at Employed Podcast and visit our website, employedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.